to a new episode of Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. I'm Jay. I'm MJ. Um, so actually, you know what, Captain, can I just discuss something? Sorry. Sure. Is it donuts? No, no, actually <laughs> for once. Oh no. Um, no, cause I know I was telling you that, um, where we work now has, mm-hmm. has established these, um, affinity groups, which I think is awesome. Yeah, which which it's it's very cool, and um, I mean they have one for women, they have one for uh, people of color, they have one for LGBTQI plus, and then there's another one I can't remember what it is. <laughs> I think there's a fourth one. I just don't. They know. they started four initially, I believe. So yes, I think they're looking yeah. to implement more. Yeah, if I you don't have some. what it was. So I joined the LGBTQIA plus one, and mostly because. I was like, because we, we kind of all did like a cute little meet and greet and stuff like that, you know, virtually rather. And it was just kind of like, well, why did you join? I was like, well, one of the things I, I joined because I don't have any school spirit. I never have. <laughs> you know, this. I don't I don't I don't have school spirit. I'm like, go like, team. Yeah. They're like, oh, but that's your alma mater. And I'm like, what's your point? <laughs> For four years. Yes. My life is much more than those four years. Like, well, I'm, yeah, you know, so I just don't have any school spirit. So I was like, I did this for that reason because it forces me out of that non um involved kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then um mistakenly I uh volunteered to be a social to be a chair of like socialization and you know how I am with socialization. I feel the funny part is I feel like that's your very like commonly that's the role you fall into. Like when you step into something new, people just are assuming based on your personality, because you present like that a little I, bit. I, I do present, yes. That like, oh, he'll he'll have all the fun ideas. He'll know where to go. He got this. Yeah, and I, I'm always like, oh, not today. I just don't want to <laughs> do this today. But um, but I did it, and we had like our first kind of like in person like meeting. Had like a dinner last night, and I will say that like it was actually pretty cool. But what was just weird about it was how um, it's weird how the world forces you into like a box and not like a box but forces you into silence i guess i would say because even at a table mm-hmm. full of everybody at the table is is you know gay lgbt everyone at the table is lgbt i still have had that amongst feeling, your peers yes i still have that feeling of not revealing too much or not acting a certain way or not being you know using my hands in a floor like i i automatically still had that you know and it's to not be who you are yeah and it's weird because you're like and if if there's anywhere you can be that it's with your own peers with your own people who are just like you Mm -hmm. but for some reason it's so ingrained in my brain to not do anything or not say much or you know try and you know not be too gay or you know like it's it's just it was just really weird about that and i hope that I i mean i hope that's just me but it kind of throws in there like with all this stuff that's going on right now i hate to get political this wasn't where i was meaning to go well but with all this stuff right now it's like it's like we're now back in that era where we're teaching kids that that it's shameful to be different of any kind it's shameful to be you know a different to have a different skin color it's shameful to be you know lgbt you know that's what is happening now and it's really really difficult to see and to witness history repeat itself again. So it was just weird. I mean, and I started to open up, you know, I was still like, you know, my little fun self, you know, I, I need to have a little bit of a drink and be socially lubricated. You know how I am. I do too. I get it. Um, And, you know, I started to open up, but even still, like it was, I was still like not revealing a lot about myself. Mm. Everything I was saying was like, it's a joke. Ha 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 ha. But still kind of playing my card is really close to me. And I think that is something that I want to work on as a person. And hopefully this offending group will help with that. Well, so I wasn't going to bring this up, but you kind of touched on the subject. So I want your opinion on this. Yeah, Emily is not vocal, but she is supportive, like ally. Everybody in this house, ally. Mm-hmm. So she posted something on her Instagram story the other day where it was against the say no gay bill in Florida. Yeah. I don't want to say say it's against, but it, it was literally say gay, say lesbian, say like it was. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Of, I've seen that. So somebody commented her, and I and I don't think it wasn't aggressive, but it was more of a. They took the other side, mm-hmm. of well, why is it a bad thing? Like why, like, 
supporting the bill per se. So me and Emily took 30 minutes just discussing like, well, A, neither of us have read the bills. We're not as highly educated on what mm-hmm. is actually stated in there. Mm-hmm. But like, how do you respond to somebody like this? Like, do, do you just step back and avoid that? Do you sit here and and talk knowledgeably on what you know? Because, I mean, not everybody's open to a conversation or a back and forth. Right. So that's like, like how do you, because she's still, I don't think she's still responding to it yet that I know of. I think, the, the, I think from what I've heard, this bill is, been, is written very vague and it is a tactic. Mm-hmm. They write it very, very vague. That way, when people start like challenging it or when people, not challenging, but when maybe when people start saying, I'm going to sue this teacher for saying something gay, they can use these cases that happen, seeing how they are to like establish like precedent. precedent. Mm-hmm. And then they can say, okay, we intentionally kept it very vague so that as many things opposing the whole or as many things that are in favor of this don't say gay thing can like, you know, build a precedent for them and go, okay, well, we've left it vague, but these cases have said this. So now, so if they, if they put it basically, if they write it too strict, then it really kind of like, limits the amount of like you know power that bill what they can pursue with the bill that's what i would that's what i would that's what i believe the intent is okay but how do you combat somebody who says that it's like okay i feel like combat's a strong word i want to say like how do you discuss how do you discuss that yeah it's like like, well if you're gonna say don't say gay don't say trans don't say this then don't say straight because immediately, immediately, as soon as a baby, before a baby's even born, mm-hmm. we are already pushing that straight narrative on on the every child that comes out. So it's like, how is that any different? And even if you're pushing that straight narrative on a cat and a kid, the kid still comes out can still come out gay. So just because you're saying the kid, just because you're saying you're educating a kid who has questions about gay or trans or something like that, it doesn't mean that person's going to end up being that. Well, and the most common thing I see is. People come back with, well, it doesn't actually say not to say gay. Like, and I don't think it actually physically in the bill says you can't say that word. But the whole point and what I've grasped from the little bit I've heard and and people talk about is, yeah, you may still be able to say gay, but it kind of like prevents you from showing who you are. Like, Like, for instance, like you can't be a gay teacher and have a picture of your husband or wife, your, your spouse, your significant other on the you could, but it depends. And that's the thing well, is like, true. they're saying if it makes a child uncomfortable, but who knows what makes the child uncomfortable that the child could, uh, a kid could come home and go, Hey, I have my teacher, um, Mr. Jones. He's great. He's awesome. You know, he has a husband and you know, a little girl who's about my age and blah, blah, blah. And that kid might just be talking like, Oh my God, I love Mr. Jones. But what if her parents are like, well, that fucking makes me uncomfortable. Now his parents like this, they're teaching my kid and then they could go pursue and try and Mm -hmm. sue this teacher based off of making their child uncomfortable, which it really didn't, you know? And that's kind of where this is vague. It's like, you don't know where that's going to go. So now a teacher who is gay is not going to feel comfortable, you know, talking about their family or doing anything like that when in, showing in the, who they like back to point yeah. like that not showing who you are yeah a lot of those grades do that stuff like first second third they do they, they family trees and they say draw pictures of your mom and your dad and it's like if i can't if i as a teacher i'm telling my my kids hey draw a picture of your family i can but i can't or i'm scared to or what if one of the kids has two moms mm-hmm. and they draw their family and then you can't talk about that conversation if a kid asks like what do you do in that in that situation they're tying the hands of these teachers of not of being scared to say or do anything. And I guess the, the excuse would be, well, tell that kid to go ask their parents. And it's like, that's fine and all, but I, I just, I just think it, it, you're, you're creating a problem where there is no problem the same way with the, with the trans sports bills. Yeah. They're creating a, they're creating a bill to solve a problem that isn't relevant or isn't even there. It doesn't exist. Well, and here's the thing. My my one and and I think SNL put this very much in perspective, and, and it's weird that I say SNL did this. Yeah, but it was it was their like news segment where they were talking about mm. the say no gay bill, and the generalization of why is this a bill? I forget who's who's the main guy who does the news, the white guy, um, not the black Colin guy. Jost. Yes, his comment was, it feels like it's in place so that parents don't have to a- answer questions they find uncomfortable. So it's it's very much. The parents, and this is this is my take. This is how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. It feels like the parents are projecting their insecurities yes. and their 
unwillingness to learn mm-hmm. onto the children mm-hmm. and using the children as a scapegoat because mm-hmm. we're here to protect the children when it's really the parents who have the issues. But then in turn, you give the children the issues because you progress and keep growing this for however long. So the children grow up to be the same because they learn from their parents. Right. But that's a whole conversation. I don't want to get into like an argument here, no. but that I, I feel like it's, it's them projecting onto their kids. I agree. I agree that that's exactly what it is. I mean, and I don't. I don't think any kid is. I don't think any kid who is in first, second, or third grade who sees somebody who has two moms saying "ill, gross," that makes me uncomfortable. Like, no, that kid is going, "Hey, you have two moms. I only have one. Why do you have two moms? That's kind of cool." Or you know, whatever. Like, I don't see any kid. I don't think any child acts maliciously towards something like that. I don't think any kid is going to be like, you know is going to act like out of, of that way. No, no kid is going to be uncomfortable from hearing that. I just don't. Well, no kid at that age knows what that is. Exactly. And you said that they, they have to be taught either to accept it and, and be inquisitive of understanding what it is, mm-hmm. or they're taught to just ignore it and just go on and, and let people be themselves, or they're taught to hate it and prosecute. Like, like they're taught the path they want to go right. down. And I wonder, I wonder if that's the point, because what's going to happen is, 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 Little Margaret draws a picture of her two dads, and then somebody else goes, "Hey, she has two dads. What's up with that?" And he says, "Well, we can't discuss that. You need to talk to your parents about that." Then at that point, it makes Margaret feel like she's a she. It, it, it gives her shame because she shouldn't be bringing it up because she drew her two dads, and it's like, "Well, why can't we talk about it? It's normal for me." Mm-hmm. And then this kid you told to go tell their parents or to go talk to their parents about it. Now their parents are hopefully won't, but are going to be are going to project their fears and their bullshit onto this child. And now what happens is now you have Margaret or little Maggie who is ashamed of showing her two dads. And you've got this other kid who thinks it's a bad thing because his parents told him it was. Well, and you also then highlight not only is it because you make her feel shamed for having drawn her two parents, but then you not praise, but like continue on as normal with the kid who draws him and his mom and his dad. And you have no problem with that family portrait. Right. Which then skews in Margaret's mind this example well why is that okay but you know right but so long this is a very long-winded way to say so in your mind read the bill do your research educate yourself so you can smart smartly i I know words yeah you can intellectually yes intelligently intelligently communicate or con or you know talk to somebody who may have a difference of opinion or think this is something different I I think you don't have to be that intellectual. I I think I think you you can I think you can say because I've had conversations with people before and I've been like, look, here's the thing: my knowledge mm-hmm. of this particular thing is not vast. Yeah, the main points that I know about are this, 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 and this, and I don't agree with with that particular stance on it. Um, well, that's where like, and and for the example of Emily posting that, I I again, all allies, I I support. Mm-hmm. You know, be you. It's not a choice. You're born this way. That that mm-hmm. is my opinion. That's how I feel about this. I don't feel the need to start a Twitter war or an Instagram. Like, why go back and forth and be the person that's just yelling at everybody? I don't feel like that accomplishes anything. I did on accident. I I, I didn't yell at anybody. I didn't yell at anybody. But raising the stakes, making escalating the issue. It, I, don't, I don't. I don't even think I was. I, I didn't even escalate. Like for me, it was really just like it was someone that I knew or someone that I know. And I've known this person to be, you know, a a, a normal part, like not, not not that they're not normal, but you know, yeah. just like whatever. We're acquaintances. We don't like hang out, and hang out, but you know, always been a nice person. And they posted like some meme about the whole Leah Thomas mm-hmm. sports thing, and totally they, other conversation. Yeah, sorry. And yeah. and they posted that, and then there were just all people that were just like that were just like jumping onto it, and people that I knew that I that the people somebody who who had commented on it was like what I had drinks with the week before, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, okay, you got to calm down. And I was like, here's the thing. Like this time that Leah put in, I go, you all need to read the facts and understand exactly what's going on. Leah Thomas is not some wonderkind. Like Katie Ledecky's times for the same event blew like Leah out of the water. So you all need to understand that just because she came first in this event doesn't mean if you put her up against these national Olympians that are uh, these other national Olympians in that same category that they're not going to kick her ass. So know your facts. I'm not saying what you are doing is wrong. I'm saying understand the facts and read that and don't just circulate bullshit. And 
someone was like, the point isn't the time. The point is that is that um, we shouldn't have trans people doing that. And I was just like, based on, I go, but if you use an, an incorrect example to try and prove your point, you're not proving a point because your example isn't sound. And then that person who made the original post was like, no male should be swimming with females. And, I, and that's when I was like, not a male. And then both of the people who responded laughed at my comment. And I was like, okay, I'm stepping back. I came at this with like a, not you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Here are the facts. Understand the facts before you start posting whatever you post. And those people are no, are no longer, you know, on my social medias. Well, so I don't have to deal with it. And you and you hit it on the head. I think most the only comment I make about it before we move on to our next subject because yeah. I've I've derailed this conversation to something very more serious than I thought we were no, ever. No, talk I about. love talking about this stuff. Though. Um, it's kind of cool. But the the whole conversation of that is I don't think people can grasp they're choosing their gender. Like they don't see them as a woman. They still see them as a man without a penis or a man with boo or like like yeah. th- that's how they see them. Right. And I'm, I'm and if I'm misspeaking, if people if that's Which makes no sense because you didn't know this yeah. you didn't know Leah before. True. So the whole thing is like you don't know her like that, Mariah Carey. You don't know her. <laughs> and what was weird about it, it it was just so definitively disrespectful. Yeah. In my opinion. Um and, and no, I'm sorry, it's not an opinion. It 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 was blatantly disrespectful to say stuff like that and it really just kind of and i don't need to defend lee she doesn't know who the fuck i am but if we i think that for me maybe my thought was that my thought was that maybe this person would come back and say i get your point i understand but to double down and that's when i was like okay now i understand what's deep down under that and I can't interact with you. But that's where, and 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 this is where I'm going to group everything we've talked about this morning into one. People should be willing to have a conversation. Going in, and, and you can go in assuming you're not going to have your opinions changed. You can stay, you know, hold strong to your opinions and what you have thought. That's totally fine. But having these conversations to even have the possibility of changing or manipulating or having something like a new level of understanding you didn't have before that's why you have the conversation you don't need to come in defensive and assume we're attacking you or whoever's having the conversation so that's where i feel like we have like as a country have like Mm -hmm. stepped away from being willing to grow in your opinion or maybe even having some of that change or maybe just recognize that this shit doesn't affect you Leah winning one race affects who? Like, does it affect you personally? Is is it trickling down to your like? That's the thing is that's what makes me angry. Is like this doesn't even affect you. It has nothing to do with you. It does. It it, it literally has like you could have never heard of this, and this could have happened, and your life would still go on the way it should always have been going on. And that's that's what makes me really kind of angry. Is that you need to understand and get out of the fact that like it doesn't fucking affect you. And I've, I've talked to people where I'm like, Hey, what do you think about this? They go, I don't have an opinion. It doesn't affect me. Perfect. Thank you. Well, that's all I will say. And and this is my devil advocate. You know, I like to play devil's advocate. I don't know if you can play it in, in, in this instance and, but, and come out um, looking. Um, well, no, good. no. And, and I agree. But, I say, but devil's advocate, my, my one take on, on why people might be, it's still pop culture. And it's still part of our country, and it's what we are doing. So, people will always have an opinion about what is going on in their oh, country. Oh, that's not devil's advocate. I don't but, they, but so that's why they think it affects them because we're America. I mean, this I'm projecting here probably because mm-hmm. I've used that word a lot today. Mm-hmm. But like, this is what I think is because it's our country. We're all one. Well, this affects sports in our country in general. And if you enjoy sports, as you're going to like, so it just it, it's a but it doesn't. That's it the thing. It's like, I mean, it it could in the in the long run. Yes. Maybe there might be more trans tra- trans people in sports, but nobody's saying anything about the trans men in sports. That's what, I'm, I'm like, you can't pick and choose, and that's what's so obnoxious about it is you cannot pick and choose one thing. So you're telling me that if I if I said something about a trans man, you would the same person have been like, well, that's a woman. No, you would have said it's a man. But 
I cannot believe that we are still like. Well, they probably would have projected and said, "There's no way they're going to compete with the men, so it's not a big deal." This country has found a way to continue to marginalize and stifle women, and they have pushed it on the trans women as well. Like it, it, it will always find a way to put women down. <laughs> I don't understand how it's so fucked up. It's so stupid. It's like you, you're a trans woman, and now not only are you getting all the bullshit from being a trans woman, you're going to get all the bullshit from being a woman. Even if people still call you a male or a man, you're still getting all the blowback for being a woman. It makes no, it's so fucking stupid. Look, <laughs> I can't get involved anymore. before this, this derails even further and falls into complete and utter just debauchery or whatever we talk about, like the rest yeah. of this conversation. I like this. We can talk about this off air a little bit more. But let's 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 transition to one more thing we want to talk about before our review. Oh no, let's just go ahead and go to the review. You don't want to talk about the other thing? No, let's go to the review. Okay, well, that was our opinion on some on current yeah social standings in the country. Yeah, I think we were we, we, we were we were going to go. We oh wait, we didn't even talk about oh we about nothing. Yeah, we were going to talk about the uh, the slap. It's been a, it's been a while. It's been a while. We can take a couple minutes. Um. So yeah, so so, so the slap around the world. The, yes. Real quick, Will Smith at the Oscars. If people don't know what we're talking about, yeah, and apparently he has um he has resigned resigned from the Academy. Basically, all that really means is that he doesn't have access to screeners during the nomination term or during the nomination time, mm-hmm. and he can't vote for nominees and possibly could no longer be eligible to win or be nominated for an Oscar, which is probably the big thing is you cannot then be rewarded for your good performances. That part is, is based on the, the sole discretion of the Academy, but the other two things I just say could be. Yeah. yeah, You automatically are guaranteed to lose the first two. For me, I'll give my short take on it. To be honest, Uh, my first thought was, was he wrong? Yes. Would I've done the same thing? Maybe. Okay, here's the I thing. I don't blame him for doing what he did, but should he have done what he did? Nah, he should have done that. Physically assaulting someone on stage, on camera, in front of the world, I'm assuming, not the smartest thing. You can, if he wanted to scream, keep my name's wife out of your effing mouth from his seat afterwards because he could tell his wife wasn't enjoying the the joke, completely fine. You have the right to do that. You can be vocal about it. You can say something on Twitter and so you, you say... But the moment you physically assault somebody, that was the issue. I don't call it assault, but you know. Well, and people are calling the attack. But the moment you physically touch him and slap him, that's where it went too far. You can come, you can yell from your seat, you can object and walk out afterward. You, there are so many things he could have done. Oh no, I'm short I'm, of slapping him. I'm not saying that there were. I, I am not. I am not saying what he did was right. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I understand why you would do it, and I can't specifically be like, I can't say that in that same exact moment, if someone hadn't made you know a joke about I don't know my, a disease my mom had, that I, my first reaction wouldn't be to smack the shit out of you. Would I have been wrong? Yes. I would have been incorrect, but in the moment, that's why that's for me. That's how I look at it. I put myself in those shoes of like, okay, yeah. if this were if this were me, could I possibly could I honestly say that I wouldn't have done the same thing? No, I can't say I wouldn't have done the same thing. But would I, regardless, if I did do the same thing, would it have been wrong? Yeah, it would have been wrong. It wouldn't have been the right thing to do. Yeah, and there's so many extenuating circumstances. Did Chris know about the disease beforehand? Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff we don't know. Exactly. So, So, yeah, so there's a, oh, he made a joke not knowing all the facts. Will, to some people, chivalrously went up to defend his wife. Yeah. Like, so there's there's few points on each side. I'm waiting to see how this plays out. Let me ask your opinion, though. I know I just said it. So let's say... Let's say Will shouldn't have slapped him. It was wrong. But let's—I'm not saying that because I, I, I did—I did say that yeah. that was. But let me put let me put this in in your perspective. Have you thought about it in in your perspective? If if you were in a situation where someone had said something that was very disparaging about your wife, can you 100% say that you wouldn't immediately? Your first thought wouldn't be to smack the shit out of that person. First thought, yes. First reaction, no. I I I would puff my chest. I would stand up. I would confront. But you get hundred percent said that you wouldn't smack this dude. True, but Th- that's that's the only point. That's that's the only point I'm making. Yes, I, it would go through my mind. I would think about. I can't up say and that slapping. I wouldn't. I can't say that I wouldn't. And that's why I'm. That's I'm. I'm. I'm empathizing with the fact that I understand why you would go to that. Yes. To that route. 
was it incorrect? Yes, but I understand why you went there, and yeah. that's my only. I think that's the part that that people are losing. If people are like, if people are, are going, well, you should have done it, and they're stopping there, and I'm like, okay, I understand. I, but nobody is disagree. Nobody is saying you shouldn't have done that. But are you understanding the thought process and the reasoning as to why you would? Yeah, and I'm not defending Will Smith. I don't care, honestly. At the end of the day, it doesn't really affect me. Well, again, that that is the theme of of everything. Is like it doesn't really affect me, but obviously. It is pop culture. Everyone has an opinion to what you said, and everyone is going to have that. So my opinion is, should you have done it? No. Do I understand why you did it? Yeah, if I could understand. Yeah, <laughs> so like, that's it. if someone insulted my wife, I would definitely my get up. Wife. Yeah, my wife. But yes, it, I would definitely stand up, get in their face, make them either apologize, like, like, I Dude, would correct the issue. Don't try it with me. I'm going to take these cufflinks off. I would take it off cufflinks. <laughs> get this bow tie. This cummerbund. Take the, hold this shit. You know, just take my whole jacket. Just did take you, it. Did you Let see, Let me roll though, up these sleeves. Did you see their, I don't know, I think it was Will's Instagram or TikTok the next day no. where he and, and Jada wore the same outfits and like they put up their like, we got up for the Oscars today, but we chose violence. And they did like a little quick, like little whatever. And, and Will Smith has officially publicly apologized mm-hmm. and he's, and he is resigned. So it's his choice, blah, 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 blah. So he is taking steps to correct his overreaction. So he, he understands himself. And I believe he understands what he did was incorrect at the moment. He reacted purely on impulse. Mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. But after the fact, he is coming and correcting a little bit. You still did it. It was wrong. You need to be punished yeah. or, you know, properly as reprimanded. As, yeah. as long as, you know, but yes, properly reprimanded. I don't want to say punished, but reprimanded. But yes, he understands he did something wrong. He is apologizing. He's taking steps. But you can't ever take it back. He still did it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he can. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine with me. <laughs> Will, Smith will, will Smith will live on. Or as Chris Rock said, the what was his comment after is like the best night of TV ever or something. Oh yeah, like this. That to me, I, the first thing I thought about was um, was the Kanye Taylor Swift VMA. Yeah, and I go, that was kind of the last like real thing that I remember mm-hmm. that was going on. Exactly. And um, I was that was the first thing I thought about. I was like, oh, it's gonna take over from that. The I'm gonna let you finish thing. God, I'm like, this is next. This is next. This is the next mm. big thing. We've already seen that they replaced the Batman Robin slap meme. Yeah. God. I just, I'm gonna. I'm. I actually am sick of. It's been a week. I'm sick of the memes already. I'm already done with them. The but. one. I, the one I did like, and it was hilarious. And this is the last one I'll talk about it before we go on a review. Someone did a video where they took out Will Smith and Chris Rock, and they put Will Smith's fish character from Fish Tales and Chris Rock's oh, yeah, zebra. That. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I didn't think that one was as funny, but I didn't see it. It, it made me giggle. No, that's good. I but think I sent it to you. That's probably why you saw it. Um, Maybe so. No, I, I, I saw something else, but... I sent you the one where the guy got the tattoo of the slap on his arm. Oh, yeah, that's just dumb. Yeah. Um. All right, you guys. Thanks for sitting through our political conversation. Not all political, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, stay tuned for this week's review. Welcome back, everybody. We kind of got derailed at the first, you know, top of the show, so we didn't really actually go through what we were going to talk about today. So our review is going to be over Netflix original Shonda Rhimes original Inventing Anna. Little late to the to the party here, but we're still going to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, if uh, to to because uh, we had we had a little bit of a spat about it because I was like, look. Ugh. This is already out of the zeitgeist. And he was in MJ was like, look, I've watched nine episodes that were all over one hour long. We're reviewing this show. The amount of time I have put into yeah. the show, I'm getting my review out. And I agree. And I, and I, and I agree. I agree. So um, for uh, Inventing Anna, it's basically about a journalist with a lot to prove investigates the case of Anna Delvey, the Instagram legendary German heiress who stole the hearts of New York's social scene and stole their money as well. Um, based on a true story. Loosely based. Um, Literally every episode starts out with, this story is completely true, except for all the parts that we made up. Yeah, so it's I, I, I would say loosely based. Um, <laughs> Pretty much, there's a person named Anna, and she had acquaintances with some of these people in real life. <laughs> That's practically all I think is real. Yeah. Um, we can go to the cast. If you yeah, like. sure. Let's do it. Um, we have Anna Klumsky 
He plays Vivian Kent. Vivian Kent is um, a writer or journalist for Manhattan Magazine. Mm-hmm. Who writes the story. This is the, the reporter who follows and writes the story right. about Anna. Um, is it Sorkin is her original name? Who's Sorokin, she? I believe. Sorokin, who changed it to Delvey. Yeah. Okay. So um, she's, she's just like, you know, she has had um, a couple of, like, she had, she had a, an issue with, like, a story that she supposedly didn't fact check or whatever. Yeah. And so she's kind of trying to build her reputation back up, and she thinks this is kind of the way to do it. Um, Anna Clumsy, do you know what she's been in? I don't. I actually didn't go look at their past. She's, uh, she, most recently, her biggest thing's been in Veep. She was oh. great in Veep. And, but, but for those of you who want to take it back, uh, want to take it way, way back, she was, uh, in My Girl. And, you know, Thomas J. can't see without his glasses. He needs his glasses. Yeah. Anna Klumsky. Um, Next, we can talk about Julia Garner, who does play uh, Anna Delvey. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna is kind of like this weird, like German, Russian, really weird accented, like over the top individual. And she's like, my daddy's trust fund is coming through and I want to. What's well, her trust fund? But she always claims like her dad's money gets cut off or like she has. He cuts her off. Yeah. Or whatever. So. She's basically just trying to build a brand, I, I, I would say, in a, in a vague sense. Like, if I'm, if I'm not getting too granular, mm-hmm. she's trying to build a brand. Build her name. Have something that's all hers. Yeah. Um, and then we all know, a lot of us know who Julia Garner is um, from Ozark fame, playing, playing Ruth. Um, I'm still chugging through season one of that show. I've only seen a couple episodes. Yeah. I don't dislike it. I I I, I was I was like, oh, I kind of get this, and then like, I don't know something about it. I just fell out, but I'll go back at some point. Um, next we have uh Arian Moyed, uh, who plays Todd. It took me a second to place um Arian Moyed, and he that's actually, the editor, huh? That's it. That's the reporter's editor, isn't it? No, Todd plays uh the uh plays Anna's defense attorney. Oh, that's who that is. Um, but okay. the guy, the actor was in actually in succession playing a guy named Stu. I was trying to figure out where I saw him. Oh, uh, um, okay. But Todd is just like, he's her defense attorney. He's, you know, basically, that's really all that's all he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we'll go with like the last kind of, I don't know, there's kind of a lot. I of mean, we could go this. through Anna's like three friends because they're kind of, I mean, we can, we, we can take a quick we can take a quick view of them. Um, we have Katie Lowe's who plays Rachel, um, and Katie Lowe's actually is from um, uh, Scandal fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rachel is just like you know, I think we could get. She's a writer point. from Vanity Fair. She just she likes Anna because she's pop culture. She's present. Like she's not really pop culture. She's she Ra- Rachel. Rachel's that friend, and I I I, I could be a Rachel. Is, is where, oh my God, I just made a friends with somebody who has a lot of money. I'm going to like, not necessarily suck what I can out of it, but I'm going to stick around so that maybe I can, you know, benefit from yeah, some of this exactly. bullshit. Like, so that's part of it, which I get. Um, Alexis Floyd plays Neff. And Neff, I don't know what Alexis Floyd has been in. I don't think she's been in anything else. Nothing I've really remembered. Um, Neff is like the concierge at one of the hotels that Anna, Anna stays with, and she becomes one of Anna's really good friends. She's got all the connections. Um, and then we have Laverne Cox playing Casey Duke, and Casey's like a personal trainer, life coach to the stars. To the stars, and um, she doesn't really become like great, great, great friends with Anna, but she's like, you know, she's around. She's like, hey, we're acquaintances. But I think she like got interested in Anna through Rachel. Like, I think Rachel knew her first. Anna got involved in, and then. That's and then Neff kind of tagged along, so that's how the four of them knew each other. I knew he looked familiar. Who? Doctor Green from ER. Anthony Edwards. He was that Alan Reed guy. Um, sorry. Oh. Um, and then we'll just do a quick little touch on four like little supporting characters. One being Anders Holm, who plays Jack from. He was from Workaholics, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, he plays Vivian's Vivian's husband. Uh, we have. Anna uh, Devere Smith, he plays Maude. Uh, Maude is one of the older, older seasoned Manhattan magazine, magazine writers. Yeah. Uh, we also have Jeff Perry, who plays Lou, who from was Scandal. also from Scandal, Cyrus, who's another one of those writers. And we have Terry Kinney, who plays Barry, who was another one of those writers. Terry Kinney has been in 
a lot of stuff, if I remember correctly. He was in Oz. Oz was the big thing I remember him from being in. But all those writers, they they help and not Anna. They help um Rachel, not Rachel, God, Vivian. Thank you. I can't speak today. They help her write her article, fact checked, help give her leads, ideas of where to go next. That's she sits in the same area in the office with them. Right. Um, I think we went to the characters kind of fast, but I think we can go into spoiler territory. Sure. And it's more, and in this week, I think it's going to be a lot more like spoiler with like story discussion territory because mm-hmm. there is a lot that goes on in this show. Yeah. Um, and so there we go. We're yeah. in. Um, <laughs> I, um, I will say that I didn't understand this accent. And I guess it's supposed to be stupid. And maybe that's the same. I mean, that's the accent the girl put on in real life, but this accent was horribly obnoxious. Um, can, I, I think the point of it was to be vague so you couldn't really place. Well, and the thing is her, her backstory, and this is the one part I think that did check out. She's from Russia, the Russian community or wherever she lived dissolved, and they then moved to Germany. So she was young when she moved to Germany. So she still had some of that Russian accent, then mixed it with the German accent, and then she also learned English or American to learn. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the the accents all kind of merged, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. Um. So basically, it's it's just, it's she is basically coming to New York, and she's like dating a rich tech guy named Chase or whatever, mm-hmm. and she is really just saying, "I'm gonna do." I'm going to do great things. And it's kind of like, well, what are you going to do? Like she does it. I think she, she comes in. I feel like kind of naive thinking that if I'm around money, I can have money. And that's really what I'm going to do. And she tries to make those connections um, to build, you know, I guess build wealth. I guess she's trying to build wealth by just being around wealthy people. Well, okay. And here's the thing. So the whole point is, and this is again, based on a true story. So some of these points you can look up and actually see the story of what happened. She is considered a con artist. She's a confidence woman who comes in and lies about what she has. She says she has a trust fund coming when she's 25, Mm -hmm. that daddy's got money and can float her what she needs, blah, 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 blah. So she always says that she's got money and comes from money. So comes to New York after going through school in like Paris and France and uh, Germany and all these other places mm-hmm. and presents herself as a know-it-all or somebody who is in with the socialites of New York. Right. So she tries to continue to, I guess, navigate that world. In the first part, I don't think she really had a plan. I think it was more or less, okay, I'm in with these people. They think I'm part of it. They're covering my tabs. They're picking up my drinks, my meals. She's getting what she can out of them. Mm-hmm. Then after being with Chase for so long and seeing what he's building and all that and seeing that she can't do this forever, that's when I think she clicks in her mind that, okay, I can't con my way through life. I'm going to con my way into actually having money. Right. Thus flipping the switch or flipping the script to actually then being a socialite instead of pretending to be a socialite. Right. I guess that that's actually um, a good way, a good way of explaining it. And um, that like, I mean, I, I think that really starts with kind of like um, why she, um, I think that kind of starts with, she starts trying to really pick up on, on things and on people and on things she should do. Like, mm-hmm. That was um like they were staying with um a lady, I forgot her name in the show. Um, but they were staying with, with this woman, her and Chase, and she was I think the woman they were staying with made a comment of like, I don't know what exactly someone like you could do when you get up at noon every day. Yeah. And she made that comment and I think Anna just kind of was like, Oh, whatever. And then finally she she actually she stayed with Nora. They were staying with Nora. Yeah. And then she realized that she could actually, she kind of started learning a little bit, a couple of secrets about Chase and about his company. And she used that against him to further herself with this, with Nora, who is a huge socialite and a lot of important women um, in the city. And she started getting up before Nora, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to surprise her and then stopped dressing with like these short dresses, you know, like she changed her wardrobe and then she sold out her boyfriend. Yeah for a lead and that's kind of where you start seeing this vindictive not necessarily vindictive but this i will do anything for me 
for me. Well, and that's where she learned that the most powerful currency isn't the money you say you have or have. The most powerful currency are the connections you have and the people right. that can make things happen for right. you. So that's where she tries to meet with Nora and, and intermingle and, and get those connections. Right. Because she was trying to get, when she found it, decide what she wanted to do. She was meeting with Banks and they were like, girl, we don't know you like that. Yeah. And then because she started getting with Nora, she met this person and she met this person. She met this person. And then they were, when she went back to try and get these loans, they were like, oh yeah, you know this person? I've heard of you now. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what, um, that's kind of how we progress. But I think... Well, and, and one more point before we move on. So, like, one of the interview or one of the people that um, gets interviewed by Vivian was one of the bankers, and like, she made the point of like when she first showed up to start getting these loans. That's where I was going. Oh, sorry. With I go. So while she's doing that, we all know that um, Anna ends up in prison for I don't know if it's embezzling or just not paying for her. She would go to a hotel and stay, and then not paying and get kicked out, and then go to a different hotel and stay, and then charge everything to the room and get kicked out. So they kind of found her doing that. So that's kind of why she's, you know, just a quick thought about why she's yeah. in prison, which enter Vivian, who is like, this is going to be a huge story. And that's where she starts trying to figure out, you know, pieces together, interviews with Anna, and then starts interviewing other people, which is where the bankers and her mm -hmm. friends come in. Yes. So, and the one of the bankers, I was going to say, like, it wasn't the main one who she was talking to, not the guy, was the girl who, like, worked with him. But she made the point of, like, when I first met her and we started talking to her, she didn't look the part. She looked like a socialite, teen, mm -hmm. whatever. But after, again, hanging out with these people, meeting these connections, she realized, oh, I have to look the part. She started dressing differently. Mm -hmm. She started dressing better. Like, to your point, she started learning what she needed to be doing to get ahead. Right. But... That's where, again, like you said, Vivian starts interviewing friends. So Nora, the one of the guys who was staying with Nora, who was a fashion. Val. Yeah, Val. Um, interviews um, Rachel and Neff. And, and Casey. And Casey. And Chase. And Chase. Like, goes through and finds all these people who she experiences um, or has events with. And the funniest part is she does this by finding all these pictures that are on Instagram or social media that right. are always there now. Right. And I think that's kind of like something people, people know is like when you put everything, when you put your entire life on yep. social media, it's so easy to like track all of your movements. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so that, that's what Vivian kind of does. Vivian kind of gets part of the story from Anna and then tries to piece it all together. Like she, she starts with, um, I feel like she starts with, Nora and, and Val. She she starts with Val, and Val just they just ceremoniously kicked Val out of her life when he found out that her passport was basically fake. Yeah, or that her name was wrong, and um, they literally just kicked him to the side, kicked him to the curb, really quickly. Mm -hmm. And then she um stole she stole money from Nora, like sixty two thousand dollars. Yeah, which um, apparently I don't see how Nora apparently knew somebody and they just wiped her slate clean and said, cool, yeah, we understand it's extreme because of circumstances, you get all the money. New somebody in the bank. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that was why she never pressed charges, but it was like, she would say, hey, you should, um, she was basically treating Anna as her assistant when mm -hmm. they went shopping, and she was like, hey, go put this on the tab, go put this on the tab, and when she found out she could do that, and that Norbert was really watching it, she started buying all this other shit. Yep. And spent a lot of money. Um, no, it wasn't 62000 it was like a couple hundred grand. Oh, 62 is the Rachel thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's so yeah, she, she spent like a couple hundred grand. Yeah. Um, on clothes and stuff from Nora. So they went through that. And then after they went through that, they found out, Oh wait, she stayed at this hotel for months. The W and then the, all these other the 12 ones. George. Yeah. And that's where we meet Neff. Mm -hmm. And Neff again is the concierge. She's the girl who, she is paid to smooth and talk to the mm -hmm. higher ups, the VIPs. Mm -hmm. Like they, they even show in the break room that there is a VIP board of who's yeah. in the hotel, who got the money, who we spend the extra time on to what get I, those tips. What I thought was funny was the scene where um we're next with the counter and when she first meets Anna and she's at the counter, this lady's like, I want to go to the park. How do we get VIP tickets for that? And she's like, It's a park, you just go. Yeah. She's like, but how do we like get like, I, I mean, don't want to wait in line. I don't want to wait in line. Yeah. She said, I don't want to wait in line. She's like, it's a park. There's no line. Yeah. And she's like, but what about like, if I want like a picnic or something like that, like, like I don't want to have to like sit down on the ground and she's like, 
it's a park like what like and and, and it's like i i love that park it's kind of showing the ridiculousness of people who who are rich and how yeah. some of them i mean obviously it's overdoing it a little bit but she's, but how out of touch they can be they're like I, I want the exclusive part and it's like it's a park there are no, there are no exclusive parts like what is wrong with you and it's well the fact she like she answers she goes i want you to call somebody i'm calling somebody right now just the end as she picks up the phone to act like she's calling somebody yeah it was great. Yeah. So I just thought that was, that was, that part stood out to me uh, to be, to be pretty funny. But yeah, so she meets Neff and we figure out Anna's tipping these people who we never really figure out where she's getting this money, but no, she's tipping. Do. Oh yeah, they do talk about it, but she's tipping everybody with hundred dollar bills. Yeah. So at this point we've skipped ahead, but we're going through the kind of the interviews that Vivian's doing, but we, so Vivian's kind of like tracking through the years, how Anna progressed to where she is now. Mm-hmm. So Anna, when she kind of was living at Nora's house and, and dating Chase, Chase's big thing was he was trying to start an app called Wake, where it was you journaling your dream data, and they wanted everybody to kind of get into this. Well, Chase very much was a presenter, and he never had any actual like drive to do this properly. Yeah. So his company goes under, and that's where Anna kind of gets into Nora. At this point, Anna then starts deciding she wants to make the Anna Delvey Foundation which is like a club, an exclusive club where people can come and see art and have, you know, hotel mm-hmm. rooms and blah, blah, blah. So that's where she starts getting loans from um, banks and uh, like Fortress and Citibank. Yeah. Well, no loans yet. She's applying for these True. loans. So that's where she keeps pushing with her lawyer and Fortress is still doing their due diligence and not giving her any money. But that's where her lawyer then goes to Citibank and says, hey, they're processing due diligence and done. They're going to give her the money. If you want her as a client, you should go ahead and give her something. So instead of giving her the full loan, they gave her an account at Citibank with access to this amount of money, which mm. is where she got the hundred she was tipping Almost from. like a, uh, what do they call it when, when Show good faith. Yes, exactly. In advance. So I think it was like a $200,000 advance mm. just like in her account. So she had 200 grand of just here, spend what you want. We're giving you this money because we trust you have the Trust fund and everything yeah. else is true. Not spend what you want, but here's this money, and she basically spent it the way she wanted it. Exactly. Um, so Neff sees her as like a super duper duper VIP and really just starts trying to work her. W- so Neff kind of, in a way, kind of pulls at Anna and is trying to work her way in to Anna, you know, to be that person because she's like, I can use this money, like this hundred dollar bills, everything, like because she is a, str- a struggling um, filmmaker. Filmmaker, correct. right? Uh, but then she ends up really kind of liking Anna and ends up being well actually I think um Anna was meeting with a couple with a couple of guys about one of her loans or whatever and Mm -hmm. one of them tried to force their way into her room yeah like up the elevator to go to her penthouse and Neff kind of saved her from that yeah and then they kind of bonded over that experience and became like became friends became like really really good friends yeah but that's um, when Neff like started calling all the like the other hotels, the restaurants, the venues, and she's like, "Look, VIP, you don't, you didn't hear from me, but she's yeah. a German heiress. Like, make sure she got yeah. in, never had questions, just done." Right. Um. And then we can we can she moved on to like talking to Casey, who was their personal trainer, uh-huh. life coach, and Casey didn't really have a ton of ton of do to the story. Casey was just kind of like was kind of just new. She was kind of like the conscious or voice of reason of the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But then. And it didn't really do anything horrible to her. No. But I think Casey was really the first one out of all these people to figure out Anna's bullshit. Oh, like, yeah. She was the only one to kind of really piece it together and figure out something is off. Um, because when they went to Marrakesh, she was like, she got sick as she left. But, um, oh, no, Christopher Loyal was Loyal was in this one yeah, from him. Yeah, I, I love him. He's so cute. Um, he noticed it, too. He was like, look, Rachel, we need to get the fuck out of here. Something's wrong. Because they started figuring out none of her cards are working and everything like that. So Rachel put down her 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 personal her, Amex. Her, her personal Amex and then had to turn around and put down her work Amex mm-hmm. and to hold uh, because they were not let them leave the hotel without paying. And then what happened was um, she ended up fleeing the country. Her and Noah just left because they were like, you have to leave her. Like, she is yeah. toxic. And before she could cancel her credit cards, they charged both of her cards. But but she also took the time to go through and literally ring up all these extra meals, ring up all the stuff in the room, and charge $62,000. Right. And this is where I get annoyed with, with, with this situation. Because I'm like, I don't care how many... Look, me and you are friends. We're great friends. I get that. But let me tell you this. If... You charged that much money to my credit card. My first thought would be like, MJ's good for it. Yeah. But after week two, look, we about to close a friendship. But three months, 
She With sat no for money. three months. She's like, the wire's coming through today. I don't understand what's going on. Why are you acting like your paw? And I'm like, this bitch has been telling you this for three. I'm like, there's no, I don't care how good of friends we were. We are, we have oh, been. Oh, no, exactly. After two weeks, bitch, no, no. I've been at the, I've been at the shape before. We've gone on trips and I've been like, look, you owe me money. I need that money today. Exactly. There are way too many ways for you to send money nowadays for you to be. Well, I don't remember when this was set. Like 2017. Still, there was t- cash up with around, girl. Talking about, oh, the wire is coming today, Rachel. I don't know why you're being so dramatic. Well, and there's always the, there's always an issue with money from foreign bank accounts. And- International. Oh, they're so stupid, these banks. And it's like, three months, girl, and then she was still probably nice to her. I'm like, you're stupid. And Casey told her, bitch, you stupid. Like, well, and, and the fact is, that, like, the, like she goes, oh, the wire came through, and then, like, a wire came through, and it was, like, five thousand dollars And, and she like, goes, uh, hell no. Yeah. But, well, she she didn't really, to be fair, Rachel didn't really ever ever stand up to Anna. She did it by way of going to a district, district attorney, so, which is what started. So, and, and here's a spoiler you may not know, because I know you were kind of, like, into the end of the episodes. Guess what you find out from Rachel? MX thought it was so crazy, they wiped her slate. They didn't make her pay it back. Well. So not only that, like, so the fact of the matter is, so, like, in the end, all this comes down to Anna gets arrested. Rachel's the reason she gets arrested. She's mm-hmm. the one who drops the dime on her, and the police go pick her up because there's an ex, ex um, God, I can't speak today, an outstanding warrant for her in New York. Bench warrant, yeah. Yeah. So they arrest her in, in L.A. because she's in L.A. for some reason. And they bring her back. But it was literally Rachel who like tricked her to go outside the rehab facility to get arrested. Goes through all this. Gets the money from Vanity Fair because she sold her story of what happened to Marriage. Yeah. And then you find out that Rachel had all of her debt wiped clear. Never had to pay it back. Mm. Well, yep. she was annoying anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, so this is, I mean, I, I don't, I think this is just like, what was just weird about this show to me was, um, was how someone can be this manipulative and this crazy. Well, how she, how do you crazy get, word, how do you get so charismatic? Because people just believed her. People wanted to come find her and follow her. How do you get so many people to trust you to just pick? I mean, and I get if people have money, they don't really care to flaunt if, and it and if they, around. And if they think you have money. Exactly. Then they assume that you're part of their, their ilk in a way. But then that's where, how do you not realize after so long that, okay, her clothes always kind of seem to be the same four or five pieces or I don't think I've ever seen her pick up a bill or well, like how do you not start seeing these little dots and connecting because when you have money you don't care I guess to a point you don't pay attention to that I mean bitch was asking asking to not wait in a line at a park let me true at a park that not Anna there's another girl but I yes. know but that's what I'm saying like they they don't care when you when you have money to throw around what are you really thinking about you're not really thinking about that and and and, and not to say that all people who have money are like that yeah but you know in this case that's what these people were they 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 had so much money that they didn't even care or look or you know question anyone else in this big group so you know yeah um i think it's time for bay of the week i was like cuz I, I could go on for this for a little bit longer let's let's just jump to bay of the week let's let's do it I'm just going to say I have no opinion on Bay of the Week. I honestly don't have a single person I particularly liked 100% in this show. Whichever person you want. Go ahead. Really? I That surprises me. I actually think... There, it, were, there were good actors, but I didn't want to watch any more of them. I liked... I think for me, I was... I found myself being most interested in Anna Klumsky's story. I liked her. Vivian's? I liked... Yes, Vivian Kent. That I would liked, be the only person I would lean towards. I liked trying but, to figure out what was going on with the, with the article. I yeah. liked... I liked her acting in it. I thought she was... Like, I would say... I think it would have been cool if... If she could be... I was like, this should be a spinoff where Anna Klumsky, Vivian Kent... Like, it's about her writing a story. Like, I would watch another season... Cause this this story this this show was meant, <coughs> excuse me, this show was meant to be really focused around Anna Delvey. Yeah, but I was like, I think you guys missed it. I think the point, I think they should focus on Vivian Kent, and it could be like a regrowing her opinion, like her reputation and everything. Yeah, this season was, but I'm like, I would I would watch another season of of, of Anna Klumsky doing her thing. I could see that. Now that's where in in. At the end of the series, this isn't a spoiler, they went through and actually showed like where people are now. So Vivian, apparently after doing this article in real life, 
has written a book that I don't know if it was a bestseller, but it, it came out. But it was like my friend Anna. So actually, after this whole thing, you see that Vivian, like you said, turned around like Neff did and ended up really liking Anna and becoming like good friends of her. And I'm just, and to me, I can't grasp why somebody who, if you watch the show, and, and I'm not sure how much of it's true because they say a lot of it's made up, that just belittled you and just just was a terrible human being is the basic way to say it. How do you just turn around and become friends with that person and just write a whole book about your friendship? What's up with your clothes? You look poor. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and the fact she's pregnant for the first half of it and the whole time she's like, you're fat. Your face is getting fat. Like, how do you become friends with that? I I, 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 I will hear. Uh, this, will, this will be out. So, yeah, I think Anna Klumski is May of the Week. That's I fine. Think she was amazing. Again, I, to me, it a bit between her and Neff. Um, I, I, I am can, fine with that. We can go into Watch or Not. Okay. Do you want to start? Let me start. You can start. I, I'm not a big Shonda Rhimes fan. I like some of Grey's Anatomy. Scandal I loved. Bridgerton was good to a point. I don't. I just could not get into this. This mm-hmm. with how long the episodes were, mm-hmm. with how let f- I me mean, each one at least an hour. If like mm-hmm. some of them were like the longest was like an hour and a half. Yeah, it was a movie per episode. If it were shorter and you got to the point a little quicker, I may have gotten over it. But there were episodes where I literally got on my phone and scrolled through Instagram for twenty minutes. Nothing happened. Ten minutes later, did the same thing. Still nothing happened, and there were still forty five minutes left in the show. Mm-hmm. But I just, with con people and things of this nature, I just don't see how, and maybe it's just because of my personality, people aren't more observant. You, and you, I think, on the, um, you know, hit the nail on the head. Rich people just don't care. At that point, they're taking care of their, their whatever. They flaunt their money. They don't really pay attention. But the fact of the matter is that she can just manipulate and convince and move from person to person and never get called out and still have like best friends like Neff who just back this girl and be like, she's my girl. She's my girl. I got her. Like, no, like you said, two weeks, you do one thing that's going to piss me off. You charge $62,000. We done. Done. Like, I, I just don't understand how that relationship grows to be that strong. So for me, I'm going to say a no. I did not like the show. Not worth watching. Um, I'm going to say that um, for me, I it's a show to me. Um, it's to me, it's it, I, I found this more of like a, a huge work of fiction. So as unbelievable as the show was, as much as I didn't like Anna, you're, it's to me, ultimately, it was a TV show. Did I enjoy kind of watching it i will say the further i got through with it the more i enjoyed it so i actually would say it's a watch and i actually think that the gays are gonna pick this up because like anna is kind of iconic and like when i look at it through a gay lens i'm like anna's fucking iconic like i would love to be this bitch like that is and not, i don't want to con anybody obviously yeah but what she was going for i felt i was like well, okay. i was like i get it i understand what you're saying i understand that and she did teach her friends lessons along the way you know being like you know you have to be confident you have to walk into a room like you own that room like you cannot be timid you can't be that you are a woman and you've got to be able to show that like some of that was fine i still don't really like anna and i still don't understand to your point how this could have this could have happened but that's fine as a show itself the more I watched it, the more I didn't really care about Anna. I'm more cared about Vivian Kent. I'm more cared about Neff. And, yeah. you know, I start to care about their stories more than Anna's. I agree with but that. But I will say that for the culture, for the gay culture, I'm surprised there aren't more memes from this show. Um, I mean, just the one about, you, know, you look Paul. Like, how is that not everywhere right now? Um, I'm hurt. There, have you not been watching TikTok or Reels that... One where she's like, I don't have time, time for, for this. this. I, I don't, don't have, have time, time for, for you. you. Is everywhere. I thought that was from Ozark, honestly. No. And when I thought, I was like, oh, there's that one. Um, so I'll say watch it. It's fine. I don't love it, but it's fine. The more I, I will say the more the more I got through it, the more I was kind of like, this is actually kind of interesting to me. But that's it. I, the, the time investment, I think, is what killed yeah, it Yeah, that me. makes me angry, too. Um, all right, guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, don't forget about our Patreon. Um, get involved with that and you know what we'll talk to you guys soon alright have a good day
You've been listening to Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. Interact and give us suggestions on what to watch at watchornotpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at watchornot underscore pod. And don't forget about Instagram, you guys, at watchornotpod. Don't forget you can support the pod by joining our Patreon at Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. And subscribe and leave a review wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Talk to you soon. Thank you.